Well, as I said a little bit ago, we are going to be looking at the Advent this year and the Advent wreath. And this morning's message is titled, Hope in the Advent. Imagine that. We've lit the candle of hope, and we're going to talk about hope in the Advent. And <clears throat> we, part of hope, and as you heard uh, the Marcus family read this morning, the main part of that hope and the source of that hope is that we anticipate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just Christmas time where we celebrate where Jesus was born in a, in a manger, and, uh, but when Jesus comes for all eternity. So I want to talk about hope today. And I want to talk about real hope and eternal hope. You know, not hope based on wishful thinking, but a hope based on truth. You know, uh, yesterday was a very sad day in the college football world um, <laughs> because my beloved Buckeyes lost. And, you know, kudos to the team. I can't say the team up north here because that doesn't work in Minnesota. Uh, to that team in Ann Arbor. Uh, kudos to them. They played a great game. But, you know, you watch a lot of football games where you see uh, very, now this, yesterday's game wasn't like this, but you see a lot of games that are very uh, uh, one-sided, as it were, in college football, where one team is so much better at the, uh, than the other team, you know. And a lot of times the, the better team is playing on the road at the other team's place, and the other team comes out, and they're all excited, and they're all charging, yeah, and their fans are like, woohoo! and you know in their hearts they're thinking, maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day that we can beat those guys. And they're all excited. The players are excited and everything. And they come out. And real early on, there'll be a really good play for them. And they'll be, ah, yeah. And they're all jazzed and everything. And then what happens is as the game goes on, all of a sudden that other team that's so much better is up by 7 and then 14 and then 21 and then 28 and then 35. And then it's halftime. Well, what you see happen for that other team is that hope of victory kind of disappears, doesn't it? And it changes their whole demeanor. They're not the same. When they come out in the second half and they're down 35 to 3, they don't come out like they came out in the first half. Woohoo! You know, and everything. I mean, the fans are second half. And the players are like, two more quarters. That's all we have to play, you know? So hope changes your whole demeanor, and not just in football, in life. When we live with hope, it changes everything. And at Christmas season, we want to remember that our God is a God of hope. And it's real hope, and it's eternal hope, and it's hope based on God's promises. And we want to remember that, and we want to embrace that, because it will change how we view everything in this world and everything in this life. So let's look at some of those promises that our hope is based on. And there's an outline in the bulletin to follow along. And the first idea is this this morning, hope-filled promises. Look what it says in Matthew. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now, what they're saying about the prophet here is the angel is actually referring to the prophet Isaiah, who said in chapter 7, verse 14, he said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. The promise God gave Israel in the book of Isaiah and the promise that God gave to Joseph filled them with hope. A hope for a coming Messiah. And that same hope, friends, is our hope. Not uh, for the coming Messiah, but for the eternity we will spend in heaven when the Messiah returns. And we will spend that eternity with the God of all creation. Our hope is based on the promises we have because we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. It changes everything. I know I make a lot of football references, but I'm going to make one more this morning. Many years ago, when we were living in the promised land, Ohio, um, we were at church, and the Browns were playing a later game. So we missed, you know, the game, and I was taping it. And I, I always, you know, don't tell me what happens. Don't tell me what happens. Well, some stupid teenager told me what happened. I shouldn't say stupid teenager, but. Um, one of the kids in my youth ministry was, hey, did you hear how that the Browns pulled it out? I was like, no, thank you. So it was a weird game, and, and we went home, and we went ahead and watched it. And it was one of those games that they pulled it out at the last second, and it was crazy because we're watching it going, we win this game? Really? We win this game? There's five minutes left. We're down by 10 points. We win this game? But it was interesting if I had not known we, went, we had won the game, I would have had a much different demeanor as I was watching things fall apart towards the end of the football game. But because I knew we won the game, it was like, wow, we overcome that? Wow, we overcome that? Wow, somehow we still win? As followers of Jesus Christ, we can have that same attitude always. In the end, we still win. And we will overcome. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That affects our hope. And that is why, friends, hope is our anchor. It's our anchor. Look what it says. Well, look what Paul says in, in, in the book of Romans. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. Did you get that? Even in the tough times. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. 
Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You see, friends, that's what Paul is saying. You're watching the game and things don't look good, but you win at the end and you already know that. So when we face difficulties, we rejoice in the good things that we get out of that. Strength and character, perseverance, all that good stuff, right? We rejoice in those things because we have hope and hope is our anchor. Look what the writer of Hebrews says. He says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful in other words god does keep his promises and that hope which is our anchor we hold on to it we don't stray from it when you put an anchor down on your boat why do you put an anchor down so you don't move right when i go fishing i go okay this is the spot i want to fish blank and i put the anchor down so i stay there what would happen if I didn't? Five minutes later, I wouldn't be in the spot I was in when I said, this is the spot I want to be in. Sure, we can move this way a little bit, that way a little bit, but our anchor holds us where we need to be. Our hope will always hold us where we need to be. Are you with me? And because of that, our hope is not only our anchor, our hope is our strength. The book of Isaiah says this, even youths grow tired and weary. And young, I don't know about that. My grandsons do not grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not be faint. And I read that and I go, yes, that is so cool. We will soar on wings like eagles. So cool. We gain strength from the hope that we have in Christ, knowing that God will not abandon us, knowing that God's promises will always ring true. That gives us strength. Paul said this to Timothy. He said this, for it is for this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. So we don't mind working hard because our source of strength and our source for perseverance is the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, when things seem to get difficult, we need to remember where our hope truly lies. It lies in Jesus, not in the things of this world, but in eternal life. When your money situation doesn't seem great, you need to remind yourself, your hope is not in your money situation. When your health is failing, your hope is not in your health. When some relationships aren't going well, your hope is not in those relationships. Your hope is in Jesus Christ, not in your circumstances, not in the next difficulty that comes your way. Our hope is in Jesus. Friends, that is why we have hope for tomorrow. We have hope for tomorrow because our hope is eternal. As I said when we started out this morning, hope is not wishful thinking. 
it's not a, oh, gee, I, I hope this turns out okay. But hope is based on truth and the truth of God's promises. Those who studied the Old Testament prophets had hope in the coming Messiah in Jesus' day. And today, friends, as we study the Scriptures, we have hope in the return of Jesus. Remember what the angels told the disciples when Jesus ascended into heaven. Look what it says. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? Now, this is when Jesus just ascended into heaven. And the disciples, I, I, I know, I've got a warped mind, but can you still see him? Yeah, yeah, he's right by that cloud. Can you still see him? Well, oh, I lost him. Okay, well, okay, I think he's gone. Wow, he, he went to heaven. And as they're doing that, the angel says, Hey, guys, why are you still looking up there? Why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven, he will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Immediately, the angel gives them hope. Jesus is going to come back. And that hope isn't just for them. That hope is for us. Look what Paul told the church in Philippi. He said this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior. For the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he is even to subject all things to himself. The writer of Hebrews says this, Jesus Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. Friends, our hope, our tomorrow, is where our hope lies. Our hope lies in our tomorrow. And on that day, we will go home to the Father for all eternity. Friends, that is the hope that we need to bring to the world. We've talked about it already. Being His church, living His truth, bringing His hope. That hope for a lost world. It is sad to watch fans in the stands who've lost hope that their team is going to win. One of the cheers at high school games that I really, okay, I'm confessing as a coach, that I really hate is, I believe that we will win. I believe that we, yeah, sure, when it's 49 to 3 and there's two minutes left in the game, I want to hear fans cheer in the first quarter saying, I believe that we will win. In the first quarter, when they're already down by seven points, that's what I want to hear. Because friends, that's hope. It saddens me so much that there are people in this world who as this Christmas season happens and they go through this Christmas season, they're sad. And for one reason or another, Maybe they don't have a lot of family. Maybe they don't have a lot of friends. Maybe they don't have a lot of money. Maybe they've had hard times. But the sad part is not those things. The sad part is they are missing out of the hope that they can have in Jesus Christ. That's what makes all of this awesome the Christmas season, every day of our lives. 
people come up to you as a believer uh, and they know you're a Christian, or maybe they don't, and they say, what is it? What, why, why are you different? The answer is hope. Eternal hope. Hope is my tomorrow. I don't care what happens today. Hope is my tomorrow. That's a great phrase. Hope is my tomorrow. Because every day we will face challenges. But the hope we have in Jesus Christ will be our anchor. And it will be our tomorrow. Amen? I'm going to ask you to stand as I close this in prayer this morning. And I'm going to borrow Paul's words today. And this is what Paul says. Would you pray with me? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may he establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Bring his hope to everyone you meet this Christmas season. Have a blessed day. Thank <laughs> you.